Good to see you this evening. You know, part of the way through the music service this morning, there's just moments that I get to, to see the, from my perspective on the stage and seeing people sing and look to the heavens and sing to the Lord and everything. I just had a moment this morning where I said, I love this. <laughs> I just, I'm thankful for my job, my ministry here in the music end, but I love doing music with you. It's just a joy, so I'm thankful for it. Let's stand and sing a couple of songs together to start the service, starting with a Romans doxology. Beautiful medley from a Romans 11. Is the wisdom of God, how unsearchable are his ways, how profound are his judgments, so high above our thoughts, and his pathway no man can trace. For from him and through him and to him are all. To him be glory forevermore. To him be glory forever. Amen. 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 Oh, the depth of the riches, the wisdom of God. How magnificent are his ways. Who has been his advisor and who has counseled him when he gives us who can repay. For from him and through him and to him are all things to glory forevermore. To him be glory forever. Amen. 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 Oh, the depth of the riches, the wisdom of God, how immeasurable is his grace. How unfailing his kindness, so far removed his wrath, and his mercies are new each day. For from him and through him and to faith looks up to thee. 
My faith looks up to Thee, Thou Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine. Now hear me while I pray, take all my guilt away, oh, let me from this day be holy thine. May thy rich grace impart strength to my fainting heart, my zeal inspire. As thou hast died for me, be a living fire. While life's dark maze I dread, and grief surround me spread, be thou my guide. Bid darkness turn to day, wipes Father, thank you for songs we can sing newer and older, but in so many ways because they're based upon your truths, they're timeless. Thank you that we can respond in a way of music, uh, a very wonderful way, a very made-in-your-image way, Father. It's a gift from you, the gift of music. Thank you so much, and thank you for this time of worship today. Thank you for the saints gathered tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's be seated. Thank you. Reading from Psalm 16. Really, Psalm 16 is entitled uh, The Way of Joy. And so, as we read down through this, just recognize what needs to be true in our lives to have true joy in our lives. Psalm 16, verse 1 Preserve me, O God, for in you do I put my trust. O my soul, you have said unto the Lord, you are my Lord, my goodness extends not to you, but to the saints who are in the earth, and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. 
The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, neither will you permit your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. The way of joy. Cheers. 
What a great reminder of who our God is. We serve an awesome God. Well, this is your opportunity to uh, share with everyone um, either a praise that you might have, a prayer request, a testimony, a hymn, prayer request. It's up to you. All right? So you can choose any of those options. Or you could choose none of them, and you could sit and stare at me. That's fine, too. Um, if you don't say anything, I will. So that's up to you. All right. So um, there we go. And I'm going to have my daughter, Isabel, run around with this one. So go ahead and run. It's on. Hello, one, two, three, there. Um, just that we pray for Don to, for healing. Absolutely. Yes. Um, if you didn't hear that, the, the request was for Pastor Don for continued healing. So let's go ahead and take that prayer request right now. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much um, for Pastor Don. We thank you, Lord, for his faithfulness. Uh, to you and faithfulness to this church. Thank you for his commitment each Sunday and Wednesday to uh, share your word with all of us. We pray that you would just continue to heal his body. We thank you for the healing that has already taken place. Uh, we pray that you'd continue to do so. We pray that you would give uh, also the doctors wisdom, recognizing that you work through them, and we pray that you'd give them wisdom as they treat him also. Lord, we pray for grace and strength and wisdom uh, during this time as well. We also pray for Lynn as uh, she cares uh, for Don and give her the grace and strength and wisdom she needs as well. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Any other prayer requests, praises, testimonies, favorite verses? All right, I'm going to share something then. Um, need to touch it a little bit. Oh, and before I do, you know, this is, this is a little chance for you to jump in there too, but Isabel has a praise that she wants to share with everybody. I have a new baby cousin, and her name is Allie. Yes, we are so thrilled about that. And where does she live? In Tennessee. Yeah, and... and 
how is this cousin, do you remember how this cousin re is related to you? Who's the mommy? And that's mommy's sister. sister. Yes. So Jessica's sister, uh, Faith, just had a baby, and we're just praising God for that. We've been getting lots of phone calls, um, wondering how to do this and that and so forth. And so Jessica's been feeling those and trying to help her sister as best she can. You can understand for, this is her first child uh, that's been born, so we praise God for that new life. All right. One more opportunity before I share something here. All right. I just always like to remind people about the um, jail ministry um, that Sue Wheeler and I are involved in. Um, we have many girls come and go. I've been doing it for three years, and I only really know for sure of three people that left with a new heart. But the message has been heard, and, uh, and they know, you know, they know about the Lord. So just continue to pray for that ministry. And I would appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Peggy. Indeed, it's a, it's a wonderful ministry. Um, over here, Isabel. My name is Clark Johnson, and my brother Mark was basically diagnosed with terminal cancer about four years ago. It was huge. But through the prayer and dedication of surgeons and his cancer medicine, he is pronounced clear. He went through everything, and he just give the Lord praise in that area. It was really bad, the tumor and everything, but it's all gone. We give the Lord the praise on that. Praise God, yes. That is, um, when you hear of that, you can only give God the glory because that is of God that that sort of thing happens. So praise God for that. Thank you for sharing that this evening. Any other uh, praises, prayer requests, verses? If you have a favorite hymn, you can do that too. By the way, I have to say that uh, ever since we sang that last song, um, uh, I, don't, I don't even want to think about what it was, um, the one that my daughters have been singing, um, they've actually expanded a little bit. So they are starting to sing some of the other songs that we sing in the church, so that's really wonderful. So thank you, Pastor Mike. Keep up the good job. All right, outside of, outside of God, I'm going to credit... Um, what I'm going to share here with Pastor Mike, uh, because he reminded me both this afternoon or this morning and this evening of something. He, he made the remark that he says, you know, um, I just love my job. And I, I would echo that. I, I have been blessed ever since I've been here, and that's great. And the other thing I really, I really enjoy, I really love, is um, my family. And this morning... Uh, Pastor Mike had um, the teenagers open up their Bibles and look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And you're probably familiar with that passage. It's been read at several weddings, I'm sure you've been at. And that is a chapter on love. And uh, he had us read verses uh, 4 uh, through 8. I'm just going to read 4 through 7 right now. And it just says, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, um, and does not keep a record of wrong. Uh, love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. How you guys think you're doing? Right? When we look at that list and we look, this is what love is. And I was looking at that list and going, well, I hope I'm doing better than I used to. Right? But... 
uh, Pastor Mike's been going through um, a, a series with the teenagers just talking about um, relationships and, and what it, understanding what love is and so forth. And um, they've been, we're talking about that. And he had them look at this list this morning. And he said, well, I want you to pick out just one thing that sticks out to you the most. And the teenagers shared different things that stuck out to them. Um, and it was really interesting to hear what stuck out to them, which one of those characteristics, you know, whether it was um, love is kind or it doesn't envy or it's not boastful, whatever it is, one of those things that really stood out to them. And it was really interesting hearing them not only say what it was that stuck out to, stuck out to them, but why it did. And it was interesting because none of them actually, I don't think, I don't think any of them said the one that was on my mind. Um, and that is... Um, Love um, is not self-seeking, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not sure that any of them actually said that, and the reason that, that struck me is because I love my family dearly, I really do, um, but two o'clock in the morning, I'm a little self-seeking with my sleep, right, and it's hard <laughs> uh, to be a parent at two o'clock in the morning when someone's crying, and then three o'clock in the morning, and whatever, it's hard. Right? And, and sometimes I get out of bed, and my first thought is not love towards my children. It should be, but at that time, I'm kind of stomping towards their room going, why are they crying? Right? Um, and uh, so I was reminded this morning, so thank you, Pastor Mike, for that reminder, um, that love is not self-seeking. It seeks the benefit of the other above self. And that's, and that's a hard thing for me. I'm constantly challenged with that because... You know, I can think about myself an awful lot, more than I should, and uh, family helps with that because they kind of put that to the test in a good way, right, and help us to remind ourselves that love is not about me first. It's about sacrificing and giving towards others. So that was a great reminder for me uh, this morning. So, um, and that's not to take away from anything that Pastor Don talked about at all, all right, but uh, just that really struck me this morning, a good reminder for myself. So, um, Anything else that anybody wants to share this evening? Yes, I have a hand over here. All the way to the left. I can't see who that is. Sadie? Okay. I was thankful often for a certain phrase that a certain new pastor says a lot. For our good because that's not how it feels most of the time. So when I'm going through the week, I have this little voice in my head for our good, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to ride it out. It's going to be good. So thank you for that. So I don't have to say that anymore? <laughs> it's one of the phrases I like to say to remind myself as well. <laughs> Praise God. All right, anything else? Anybody else have something they want to share this evening? Oh. I, I, was, I don't know if I read this or heard this, but I, no, I read it, that being humble isn't so much of thinking less of yourself, but thinking more of the others around you. And I thought, well, that's pretty good. So I thought I'd share it. Good. Yeah, again, if you didn't hear that, uh, I don't know how well you all can hear um, but, you know, humility is not as much thinking low of yourself as it is um, thinking better of other people. And, yeah, we have to be careful with that. Sometimes we can have a wrong view of ourselves. We have to have a, a 
godly view of ourselves, right? We have to view ourselves as God views us, but he also views others, you know, the same way, and we need to value them um, more highly than we do ourselves. So good. All right, so other, or we'll give Pastor Don an extra five minutes. One more over here. Yes, praise God for the family of God. It is, it is good um, to be around people who are like-minded in their beliefs. For sure, we can get discouraged if we separate ourselves from the family of God too long. It's not good for us. In Sunday school this morning, lots of things to take away personally, but the one of them was as we looked at Revelation 19 is the, the four beasts or the four beasts and the 24 elders were worshiping God who sits on his throne. And that just struck me, actually not till this morning, how important that is that God sits on his throne and that we recognize that as we, especially as we go through turmoil. Praise God. Yes, he is on his throne. He is sovereign overall. It is a comfort. Did I see another hand? Oh, jump. Oh, page 75. Okay, we can do that. I'm going to let Mike take over then. Well, that's a good one for what Abby said, the family of God. All right. We'll sing that together. I have to say I'm a little concerned, Sadie, if you have Eddie's voice in your head. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or not over there. <laughs> oh, it's your mom's? Okay, that, that works. That's real. <laughs> Is that a prayer request? There's lots of voices in your head, or shall we sing? <laughs> I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Join tears for Jesus as we travel this sod. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. You will notice we say brother and sister around here. It's because we're a family and these folks are so near. When one has a heartache, we all share the tears and rejoice in each victory in this family so dear. I'm so glad. I am so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. 
Joint is with Jesus as we travel this side. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. From the door of an orphanage to the house of the king, no longer an outcast, a new song I sing. From rags unto riches, from the weak to the strong, I'm not worthy to be here, but praise God I belong. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Joint tears with Jesus as we travel this side. I'm a part of the family, the family of God. All right. Well, that's a good place to stop unless someone has something else. All right. Very good. I'd have you turn back with me to Psalm 16. What is it that man pursues often but never finds? Pretty much when you're thinking about natural man, everybody wants to seek happiness, but they never find it. As believers, we understand why they don't find it. As believers, we recognize that true joy, happiness, gladness can only be found in Christ. And the more the world seeks after happiness, the further it gets from them. And they think that they can find that happiness in materialism. The more things I have, the happier I'll be. Or they think they can find it in hedonism. That is, just doing whatever makes me feel good. The more things I can do that please me, the happier I'll be. But they never work. They never reach that goal of happiness. It's temporary if they do reach it just for a time, perhaps, but the long-lasting happiness is not found in material things. It's not found in, in seeking that which pleases me. And so often people are seeking that happiness in the wrong places, and they don't find it, and so they turn to drugs, they turn to alcohol, they turn to other addictions, thinking maybe that'll give the happiness. But nothing works, and we become a very self-centered, self-obsessed society, because everyone's looking out for themselves. Everybody's seeking happiness for themselves. They never find it, but they become very self-centered and self-obsessed. Very narcissistic society in which we live. Again, as believers, we understand that the Word of God really would tell us we need to seek holiness rather than happiness. And as we seek holiness, happiness will be kind of a byproduct of that. Happiness or joy, we sometimes make that distinction that uh, our happiness is dependent upon circumstances. And it is fleeting. 
It's here today and gone tomorrow, but true joy is everlasting because it is the fruit of the Spirit. And as we surrender ourselves to the Spirit of God, rather than seeking our own will and our own pleasure, we surrender ourselves to the Spirit of God and He bears His fruit of joy in our lives. This 16th Psalm, uh, I've entitled the, The Way of Joy. And this is not a new psalm to us. We've looked at it in the past. But I just wanted to do so as we go through some of these selected psalms that we're looking at. I just, it's just a, such a, a wonderful psalm and such an encouragement as we read down through this. But I would suggest to you that verses 1 and 2, the, the, the way of joy, the first step is to trust in God. Verses 3 and 4, the second step is to find fellowship with other believers. We just sang, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. True joy is going to be found in fellowship with other believers. And then we come to verses 5 through 8, and we see that true joy comes from surrendering to God. And then verses 9 through 11 is true joy is found in faith in the promises of God. So that's true joy, the way of joy. Let's bow in prayer. Guide us, Father, tonight as we do open your word, and certainly you've promised joy to those who seek you to seek you first, and to surrender to the Spirit of God in our lives. And I pray, Father, that as we look at this passage this evening, that we would recognize the way of joy is found only in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. He says in verses 1 and 2, Preserve me, O God, for in you do I put my trust. O my soul, you have said unto the Lord, You are my Lord, my goodness extends not to you. Trust in the Lord. He says in verse 1, For in you do I put my trust. The word trust here is literally, it's a word that means to flee for protection. And your translation may actually have translated it somewhat that way, to flee for protection. When we, want to, when we see danger, we want to flee to a refuge. We want to flee to protection. And when we flee for that protection, whatever it is we're fleeing to, we are really, in essence, saying, I trust in this to protect me. Even in the sense of you're out in a thunderstorm and you want to seek refuge. You want to, you want to get inside someplace. You don't want to get struck by lightning. So you, you run inside, you seek protection, you flee for that protection, but you're going to put trust then in that protection. You're going to put trust in the building that you have just run into. So the thought of this word is, yes, I'm going to I am going to flee to God for my protection because I can trust Him. And when we have that attitude, that's the first step towards joy in life, that there's someone that we can put absolute, complete confidence and trust in, and He will indeed protect us. The children of Israel throughout their history did not always seek refuge in God and trust in Him. There were times when they were seeking refuge in other gods, false gods. There were times when they sought refuge in Egypt. We've talked about that many times as, as God told them, don't trust in Egypt. Don't find refuge in Egypt. Just trust me. But they would run to Egypt for help. Those false gods that they would run to for refuge, they never gave refuge. They weren't trustworthy. As they ran to Egypt for help, Egypt never helped. They were not trustworthy. But 
God we can trust. We can put our complete confidence in Him as we flee to Him for protection. Notice he says, O my soul, you have said unto the Lord, you are my Lord. Now notice uh, the difference in those two words, Lord. The first Lord is all capital letters, meaning Yahweh or Jehovah. The second Lord is Adonai. So he's saying, uh, he says, uh, you have, he has said unto Yahweh, you are my Adonai. Adonai is the idea of, of master, sovereign one. And so uh, David, as he writes this psalm, he's simply saying, I'm going to turn to my God, Yahweh, because he is the sovereign one. He's in control. I can trust him as he is in control. He will work all things together for good, as Sadie reminded us tonight, because he's, he's in control. He's sovereign. And again, if you're living in this world without someone to turn to for, for protection and someone that you can really trust in, someone that you believe is absolutely in control, if you don't have that, there will be no joy. There will be no happiness. But for us as believers, that's our first step in the path of joy. Just a, a trust in a God who will give us the refuge because He is in control, working all things together for good. He says then in the, the last part of verse 2, and this is the King James translation, my goodness extends not to you. Uh, that seems like an odd translation, and your translation probably says it a little differently. Um, I have no goodness beside you, or uh, apart from you, I have no good thing, or simply my goodness, uh, or no goodness extends beyond you. That's the thought of, of that uh, phrase. No goodness extends beyond you. In other words, God is the only good that I have in life. And so if I'm not seeking happiness and joy in Him, I'll never find it because there is no good anyplace else. There is no good beyond God. He is our good. And there will be no goodness found anyplace else but Him. So the first step in this path of joy is to trust in God, to run to Him as our refuge, and to put confidence in Him, and to recognize that there is no good beyond Him. So we just seek after Him. Then we come to verses 3 and 4, and the second step in this path of joy is fellowship with the saints, fellowship with the believers. Notice he says, but to the saints who are in the earth, and to the excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. Who are the excellent ones? The word excellent here is, is a word that means magnificent or superior. Who are the superior ones? Well, I believe in this context, he's talking about other believers. They're the superior ones. Now, he doesn't say that in some arrogant, prideful way that, you know, we as believers are, are, are so much better than everyone else. He's not saying that. I believe what he's saying here, and we combine that with verse 4, he's saying um, fellowship with other believers they are the excellent ones, and they're the ones I need to be with because if I'm not seeking fellowship with them, I'll not find joy. I'll not find that happiness. That happiness and joy is found in fellowship with other believers. They are the most excellent ones that I can have fellowship with. If I seek fellowship from the world, then I'll be like the world. And he talks about that in verse 4. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another god, 
Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. If I seek fellowship with, with unbelievers and their gods, he said, then their sorrow will be multiplied. My sorrow will be multiplied. I'll never find true joy and true happiness in life if I'm seeking fellowship from those who are going after false gods, those who are living for themselves. I need to seek fellowship from the excellent ones, other believers. That's where my fellowship is. He says then there in verse 3 that, that it's in those fellow believers that I can find delight. I can delight in them. And we just... Uh, Abby reminding us of how great it is to be part of that family of God. And we sang that hymn tonight. That's where joy and happiness comes from. That fellowship with other believers. It makes sense, really, when you think about the joy as being a, a fruit of the Spirit. If I'm seeking fellowship from the world, and I'm willing to compromise with that world in order to gain their approval... Um, I'm going to grieve the Holy Spirit that's within me. And if I'm grieving the Holy Spirit in me, He's certainly not going to be producing His fruit in me. He produces joy in my life. And if I'm seeking that which displeases Him, it's going to grieve Him. He's not going to bear that fruit in my life. And seeking the world and fellowship with the world and compromising with the world will indeed grieve the Spirit of God in my life. Again, he says there in verse 4, sorrow shall be multiplied. It's not just that we won't find joy. It's actually going to go the other direction, and you're going to be multiplied in sorrow. Not just addition, but multiplication. It's just going to grow worse and worse, that sorrow. You know, it talks about uh, um, hastening after another god. Uh, just a, re a reminder that anything that we put before God, anything we put before Yahweh is a false god. It's an idol. And as we seek our idols, those things in our own lives and in our own heart that we often put before God, as we seek those idols, our sorrows will be multiplied. Come to verses 5 through 8, and we see that not only is this path of joy found in trusting God and and fellowship with other believers, but it's also found in surrendering to God. In verses 5 through 8, each one of the, the things mentioned really has to do with surrendering to God. Just, just surrendering our lives to Him. He says in, in verse 5, The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. You maintain my lot. You're my, you're my portion. You're my inheritance. And in essence, he's saying, uh, you're all that I need. You're, the, you're my portion. You're all that I need. I don't need anything beyond you. And, and he says here, you maintain my lot. What is my lot in life? Whatever my lot in life is, God's maintaining it. God's in control of it. I can trust Him. Maybe my lot in life is not with the wealthy and the rich. But my lot in life is in God's control. He has chosen my lot for me. And I need to find comfort in that, and I need to find encouragement in that, and I need to find contentment in whatever lot He has for me. As Paul stated, in whatever state I am, I've learned to be content. In whatever lot I'm in, I can be content. And so we, and that, that takes full surrender, doesn't it? It 
just takes a full surrender to God that he knows best. He knows what I need. And ultimately, I don't need anything beyond him and that which he provides for me. He talks about, uh, in verse 6, the lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a godly heritage. What's he mean there? The lines are falling unto me in pleasant places. Again, talking about kind of a, an inheritance, and he even says here a, a goodly heritage. Um, many times you inherit property from your parents. Or in Israel, that was a, that was a big thing. Uh, inheritance, your inheritance was very significant, especially in the Old Testament. And, and the boundaries of your inheritance, you know, maybe you wish that you had more land. But the boundaries of your inheritance, David's saying, that's good enough. Whatever those boundaries are, whatever line God draws for me in my portion, in my inheritance, it's fine. It's all I need. I don't need to expand those boundaries. I need to be content with the boundaries that God has given to me. The line that He has placed there for me. I can trust Him. I have a goodly heritage. God is only doing that which is good in our lives. Verse 7, I'll bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. He says, uh, um, I praise God for the counsel that he has given me. And, and, and obviously, as he's praising God for the, the counsel that he had given him, he, he is certainly submitting himself, surrendering himself to that counsel. He's going to trust the advice and counsel that God gives him. Again, he's not, going, he's not going to run to the world for their advice. He's not going to run to the world for their counsel. He's going to get his counsel from God. He's going to get advice from God. And, and God's Word is where we can find that counsel. And as we meditate upon that word, he says there, uh, my heart also instructs me in the night seasons. As I, as I know the scriptures and I know the counsel of God and I know how he has, has instructed me, I'm going to then be able to lay my head on my pillow and I'm going to trust him. And I can think about his truth. I can think about his scriptures. And when the difficult times come, when, when, the, when the night comes in my life, those challenges, I can just turn to Him and trust in His counsel. And often, often His counsel just doesn't quite seem right. Just seems like, no, God, that, that can't be what you want me to do. That can't be the way to joy. Certainly, I, I, I need this, or I have to be able to do this in order to find true joy. And, and David says, no, just trust God and take His counsel. Surrender yourself to the counsel of God. Surrender yourself to the Word of God. Surrender yourself to His advice. That's the path of joy. Not seeking it in our own way, but only in God's way. You also see in verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. I've set the Lord always before me. Um, I believe the thought there is simply that God is my priority. I've set Him before me. He's, he's my priority. He's my goal. He's what I'm striving after. I want Him to be my God in every way. I, I want to surrender completely to Him. As I set Him before me, He is the priority in my life. That's 
the path of joy, that complete surrender to God, making Him that priority. And He says, uh, uh, He is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. To be at one's right hand is, is just a symbol of strength. So He's saying, God is my strength. He's at my right hand. With God as my strength, I'll not be moved. I'll not be shaken. I'll not tremble in the midst of my circumstances because I'm going to be able to trust God. I'm just going to surrender to Him. I'll not be shaken. In verses 9 through 11, not only are we to trust God in this path of joy, not only are we to seek fellowship with other believers, and not only are we to surrender ourselves to God, but we are to put our faith in the promises of God and in the future. Verse 9, therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. My flesh shall rest in hope. Um, goes on to verse 10, and, and I think you tie verse 9 in with verse 10. When he says my flesh shall rest in hope, I, I believe he's really referring to death. When I die, my, my flesh, my body is laid in the grave. But as that body is laid in the grave, there's hope. We know that that body will rise again. Indeed, verse 10, For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, neither will you permit your Holy One to see corruption. That body will be raised. Now we understand that, that this verse, this passage, is used with reference to Christ and His resurrection. But when David wrote this, he was really referring to himself. I'm not saying he didn't know that it was also a, a prophecy concerning the Messiah. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But certainly the New Testament uh, writers understood this as, as a, a, a reference to the Messiah. But as far as David writing it, he was writing about himself, and he realized that, that there was going to come a resurrection. My flesh will, will rest in hope, and I will not see corruption. In other words, that body will be raised again. And then he says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. I'm going to be in the presence of God. I'm going to be at His right hand. And so David understood that this path of joy involved a faith in the promise of God and in the future that we have with Him. We'll be in His presence forever. He will raise us up. That body will just be resting, but it will be resting in hope. And He will raise us up. Of course, again, as I said, this is used with reference to Christ, and that certainly is our hope as well, that we will see Christ, that we will be raised up and become like Him in those glorified bodies. And so, the path of joy, trust in God, seek fellowship with other believers, surrender to God in every aspect of our lives, and then place faith in His promises and in the future that He's promised for us. In verse 9, first part of verse 9 is the conclusion. Therefore, therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. When these four things are true in my life, when these four truths are, are true in my life, I then can be glad and my glory will rejoice. What's he mean? My glory will rejoice. Um, when you think of the glory of God, we have often said the glory of God is just a real simple uh, thought of the glory of God. Is just it, The glory of God just is the sum total of His attributes. 
the sum total of who he is. That's God's glory. So the sum total of his being is the glory of God. Well, here it's talking about my glory. Well, my glory, that's the sum total of my being. So all he's saying here is that my heart will be glad and the sum total of my being will rejoice. I will rejoice in every fiber of my body, in every angle of my, my being. I will rejoice when I follow this path of joy. Seems like there's a lot of Christians that aren't very joyful. A lot of Christians that just seem to be always down and always complaining and always frustrated and and. Life can be frustrating. Last weekend, I probably wasn't all that joyful. (laughs) I was allowing the circumstances to get to me. But even in this, we can find joy as we surrender ourselves to Him and we just trust Him and we seek fellowship with other believers and as we wait patiently for His promises. We can rejoice in our entire being and be glad in our heart. Let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you so much for just this simple psalm, simple reminder of what true joy and happiness looks like. Help us, Father, to pursue you and allow you to bring that joy and happiness into our lives. We thank you for who you are. Thank you that we can trust you that you are in control. And I pray, Father, that we might be an encouragement to one another as we fellowship with fellow believers. I pray, Father, for that blessed hope, even so come, Lord Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Shall we stand? I pray, Father, that this week as we go into this world, that others would see Christ in us, that they would see our joy that we have in Him. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good evening. May God bless you.